Welcome to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered with Perry Clark. This program looks at mental health from unique perspectives and shows you how to manage your life by finding the knots that help you and stay away from the ones that could be a disadvantage. Now, here is your host, Perry Clark. Hello, welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm here with uh, another interesting podcast for you guys to talk about something in a relationship that I don't think we think about too often, even though it's a one that has such a major effect on our lives and our general well-being. But before we get to that, I want to also remind everyone that this podcast is for entertainment and education purposes only. This does not constitute working with a licensed mental health provider in your area. So please seek out one that is. And with what we're going to be talking about today, too, there are therapists who work specifically around this subject. So today's guest is an author who has here to talk about a subject around money. Money, which is, we know, always that thing that lifts us up, but also can be a bane of our existence and provides us with so much of our why we're out here working. And our guest here is often talks much more about money literacy, but we're also going to go further into that standpoint of where mental health also plays into effect with our money relationship. But for the meantime, let's get our guest in here. And our guest today is Drexel Seymour, who is a certified public accountant and is the managing partner and founder of HLB TCI Accounting Firm. Perhaps perhaps more importantly, Drexel is a man on a mission to inspire, encourage, and influence others to overcome setbacks and systematic injustice and to find their purpose in life. To that end, he hosts a YouTube channel and financial and financially speaking, a weekly radio show, and is the author of the international best-selling Rise Up and Take Your Position, as well as the creator of a short film by the same name. Drexel grew up in grow up on a small island in the Turks and Caicos region where there was limited opportunities and terrible colorism, but he strived and thrived, eventually receiving a full scholarship for a BA in accounting at Wilmington College at the age of 16 and later graduated from Miami College with an MBA in finance. As he grew older, despite his achievements, building a successful accounting firm and a property management company from the ground up, he was haunted through his life by the low self-esteem and lack of confidence he had been that had been instilled while du- during his childhood. It wasn't within a mere four years that he discovered his life purpose, helping others to never feel the way he had been made to feel. Drexel and his wife, Joanna, live in Turks and Caicos with their five children. So, Drexel, welcome to Untying Knots. Hey, Mr. Clark. Um, thank you uh, for having me on, on, on your show. I'm, I'm delighted and looking forward to this conversation. Oh, I'm glad to have it, too, because this is one of those intersections of our mental health that we're dealing with daily from when we get up in the morning to what we're thinking about when we're going to bed at night is, are we getting the bills paid? Do we have enough for taking care of these things? Mm-hmm. And how are we also getting hit with some of our social interactions? But before we get into some of that, let's hear from you. How did you get here beyond what's in your bio? Well, um, it's a long story, but we could, you know, we'll talk about that in, in, a, in, a, in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you know, as I mentioned, I, I, I grew up 
on a, you know, and it was born in, in these Turks and Caicos Islands, a very small place. Everybody knew everybody. Um, of course, the majority of us are black here. Mm-hmm. However, I, I grew up, you know, thinking, you know, level of myself because of my dark skin. I felt I was insignificant because of the environment that I, that I grew up in. So I, 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 so I spent all my life, most of my life, thinking um, that I am inferior. And despite the achievements I um, have achieved in my life, but now I, thankfully, you know, five years ago, now I, I have discovered um, my purpose. And now I'm on a mission really to ensure that other people um, do not have to suffer as long as I did. So I'm sharing mm-hmm. my story with other people. Very nice. And a bunch of what you've been doing has been dealing with financial literacy. So Absolutely. for those who aren't, aren't aware of it, what is financial literacy? Well, basically, financial literacy, when you the word literacy, is you think of, you know, education. So basically, it's, it's bringing awareness um, and educating people um, how to manage their um, finances um, in a better position. Um, mm-hmm. And if they don't have any finances, you we teach them about finances so that whenever they get it, they will know how to deal with it. So basically, educating people about the about about finances in, in, in general, mm-hmm. about money, um, how to make money, how to manage money, um, mm-hmm. and how to save money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's, again, one of the constant practices we're having to deal with day-to-day living in the world we live in, especially with the capitalism. But also, I'm kind of curious, because I know this gets into the aspects that we deal with in mental health, in that literacy, how do we, do we also talk about the idea of how others might use it against us? Yes. Well, I mean, the literacy kit, for example, if you are not um, financial literary, literate, um, it could be a disadvantage to you. People could mm-hmm. um, um, manipulate you. Um, and also, you have to realize, too, that we see all these people out here, all these successful and rich people. Honestly, it's most of them perhaps are rich because of poor people who are mm-hmm. just spending their money on everything they see being advertised, not being conscious of the fact that they need to save this money or manage their money properly. And so it could be used against you. And 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 then you and then you have this this um, mandate from society that you have to have this, you have to have that. And mm-hmm. so doing all everything you can to try to live up to people, spending everything you have, trying mm-hmm. to please people, live up with the Joneses. And so these mm-hmm. are things mm-hmm. that can be used against you. It's important for you to know who you are, as more you know your financial condition. And so that's why, you, so, no, so if you know your financial condition, you, you have to control the discipline. You'll be in a position to, to control the outcome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Which is then where one of those areas that comes into mental health is understanding what that financial condition has affected how you've made choices, how you think of yourself. Uh, I often say that how we use money is a reflection of our self-esteem as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, mean, absolutely. The thing is, um, money, money is, we need money. Mm -hmm. We need money. Uh, money answered all things. However, 
Um, money could be also dangerous depending on how you use it. Um, money could cause you to become very greedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, money, the love of money could cause you to, to become um, not confident, um, not content with what you have. And all these things could put pressure in life and you end up becoming depressed because you've not gotten what you have done or you had and you mess up. So all this could affect you um, mentally. Mm-hmm. Or equally, the, that love of money and the way money is used can all cause you to also oppress other people. Absolutely. Uh, ex- exactly. Which then too, because there's that standpoint of how, how that also then affects future generations in that aspect of dealing with somebody who might be lording money over others, which then it helps attack that sense of self-esteem as well. It, it, it does. And it, and it, and it, and, and because of it, it also causes people to get in trouble because, because of what it is doing to people, it may incur enable people to go about stealing other people's money so they can mm-hmm. get it or other people things so they can make mm-hmm. money. So all mm-hmm. of that can have that impact as well on other people as well. Mm-hmm. Because they believe oh. that it's just, that is the solution, right? Yeah, which is one of the things we see too with the you know some of the um, pyramid schemes we that oh, are often right. that are often danced across uh, and showing up in our emails and such, and yeah. you're seeing on uh, Instagram and such. So it's just like that aspect of chasing the money. I know, and now unfortunately, some people are very gullible it's, it, because these pyramid scheme sounds so good um it's very mm-hmm. tempting and they fall for it and end up mm-hmm. and i'm losing so much exactly which comes back to that aspect of what is this sense of relationship not just with money but also with themselves to feel that oh they have to go for the or feel like they can be susceptible to these quick fixes yeah and there are at least nine billion people on this planet Mm -hmm. the idea that there's always going to be a quick fix is something that doesn't seem to pan out the way everyone thinks it is yeah yeah you know i always tell people if it sounds too good then something is off you know Mm -hmm. someone they're going to give you 10 percent return every month that doesn't make that no that doesn't add up there's no way well especially given the fact that that seems like that's an equation that's sitting in isolation. Yes. And we don't live in isolation. We're Absolutely. constantly in influencing by things that are both obvious and not so obvious. So if you're not also calculating for certain constants about resources or the fact that you're always going to constantly need something else, how does that factor into the equation? Repeat that question. How does, how does. Well, it's sort of a rhetorical question for people to think about because whenever we, whenever I often hear it too, it's like talking about this mathematical equation, especially <laughs> when it comes to business. Uh, it seems like it's always sitting in an isolation that Got it's it. always going to have that constant growth, but nature does not function with constant growth. Yeah. It has growth no, starts, uh, starts and stops or at least slow downs. Yeah. And that calculation that says constant growth is sitting in isolation from yeah. things such as resources, such as, or even natural disasters, or as we've seen with the global supply chain issues, uh, war, or even disease. Mm-hmm. 
but that yeah. constant growth can't work that way and it's that yeah. hunt for perfection yeah absolutely and and, we, and you know with that with what you just said and we need to remember you know that um everything doesn't last forever mm-hmm. um there are seasons and there are seasons just like you have four seasons in america um there are seasons in in the in the economy and mm-hmm. so you know you have to be conscious of that and don't become too emotional or get caught up in the moment making um decisions based on emotion and even then as you said they're making decisions based off emotions and emotions don't also last forever unless we've specifically made sure that we're keeping ourselves in that place and what much energy needs to be spent to keep ourselves in that place whether it is that idea of happiness but more frequently the place of sadness mm-hmm. depression and anger there's a lot of energy that goes into that which is also energy that takes away from you know dealing with the money issues oh yeah absolutely i mean that you could use that energy the energy you you spend on um sadness and depression that energy could be you could turn you should be able to use the energy on joy and 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 happiness you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm curious how have you how did you use that energy of joy and happiness to build some of the things for yourself it took me a while it took me a while um after many many cuz i had a lot of energy negatively you know mm-hmm. so it, it took me a while um and i always tell people um the support of my wife particularly mm-hmm. um really woke me up and she keeps saying Jacksville Jack, and even though she, she encouraged me many years but then mm-hmm. suddenly a light bulb went off and and damn when i realized what is she saying how important i am and and nobody's better than me and mm-hmm. then was able to reverse that negative energy into positive by by you know pouring joy in in people's lives and pouring hope into people's lives um mm-hmm. through, my, through my writings of articles and through my shows and making a difference in people's lives so that i was able mm-hmm. to go from one extreme to the next basically for the support of and love of my wife which is a shift in the uh, money still is still has its importance but it's not the most important thing no uh, as it was it's finding these other energy places these yeah. other these other aspects which is reorganizing that priority list but yeah. also operating with an entirely different in cur- currency base yeah and then you know money will eventually come anyway i i feel mm-hmm. especially you uh you know pursuing something that you are passionate about because you can mm-hmm. put your all in it and eventually mm-hmm. i believe um you'll you'll find returns um on whatever you do mm-hmm. yeah so again so is that part of what got you into college at 16 well that was that was i don't know how to describe that one because i didn't even know i was going to go to college because mm-hmm. i came from a family uh who didn't have much um and so the scholarship came about with this gentleman who's a tourist to Turks and Caicos and mm-hmm. he went to the school in Ohio and he, and he left some funds there and so I took the risk and I applied mm-hmm. I just applied not thinking even thinking I was going to um get it and so that's what I did so that it just happened to happen at that time and mm-hmm. I don't believe it was a coincidence I believe it was intended by God because he knew my family to, mm-hmm. to send me to college and he opened the, the hearts of someone else And so that's how I am doing it. 
and working with that leap of faith in the standpoint that, yeah, there are other currencies out there that could help you. Yes. And that would be one of your relationship with God. So, and that's something too, where we have to be conscious of how that's being put forth. Because I mean, we also have the problems of, of prosperity theology, and okay. that's also keeping people in, so sadly, their poverty too. Oh, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, we're not going to touch too much of that one because that's mm-hmm. not where we're going here with yeah. it. But the sense of our, our mental health as well, because as I said, um, how we use money is something that reflects in our relationship with it. So, and our self esteem, such as living in poverty, but ensuring that you've got Coco Chanel and Louis Vuitton, and yet you're still struggling to pay the electric bill mm-hmm. or the aspect of you've got the money to buy those things, but you are so caught up in the idea of losing it that you're basically maybe not even going to the doctor when you need to because mm-hmm. of losing the money for your health. Yeah. And that's also part of what we get that I think is also an element that interplays with the literature, with the literature, the funny literature that you're focusing on. What is that relationship? And I now you mentioned in your bio was the aspect of dealing with colorism. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, what were the messages and lessons that were sort of offered around colorism and money? Mm. That's interesting. Okay, so of course, not just in the Caribbean, I think many places where, you know, your dark skin, um, you experience discrimination Uh among your own own race. Uh And of course, the only thing is, though, if you are very dark, but you have money Uh and you're treated differently, that's what I. That's what I experienced. Can you give people a sense of what that being treated different was like? Well, if you don't have any money, no, no one, no one really um, cares for you. Um, mm. Even getting a relationship with a with a girl that's a, that's a challenge. Um, but if you um, but if you have money, if you have a vehicle, then it's like you get anything, um, anything you want. And so, so that's the relationship between the, the colorism and the finances from that point of view that I, that mm-hmm. I think. Which comes back to an idea is like, oh, you can provide these things for me, but I don't actually have to know you as a person. I don't have to care about you as a person. I don't have to be concerned about your well-being other than you're still bringing in the, fun, the money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, you're being used to, you know, but of course, some people think some people are mind being used as long as they get mm-hmm. what they want, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which in itself becomes another transactional relationship. Yeah. As opposed to the other currency we were talking about, about that connection of well-being, connection to community, connection, connection to family. Yes. Hmm. So... And I'm thinking, yeah, I also think about that this is a larger issue we have in the diaspora as well about this relationship and our relationship with money, especially considering 
we were used as as currency and commodity for a for a point of time as well. Well, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I can I, I'm kind of curious then how has that presence still been felt in the Caribbean as well? Well, it it is. Um, it is still feel it still felt that way to a certain extent. I think it's been there's been a major um, improvement mm-hmm. because a lot of people in the Caribbean now they are they're now more exposed, they are now more educated, they have mm-hmm. a lot of businesses, mm-hmm. and and they realize they don't have to depend on other people to get where they want because in the past you'll find people kissing up to persons of different color mm-hmm. trying to fit in, um, trying to get the money that they need and, and just trying to fit in. And, and so they still have, some of them still have this mental slavery, mm-hmm. um, um, trying to, you know, please people. But things have improved now. Um, even for me, um, I suffer from that. But now I'm in, I'm in a better shape and, and I know who I am. So there's mm-hmm. been a major improvement, but there's still some people that have that um that um mental slavery in 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 terms of um not believing who they are and and believing that other people are better than them and thinking that um because you're dark you don't have any money and that only white people have money they still mm. believe that and so however that is that is is changing and in addition to that idea is not having to understand how money functions and works and what are the options that come with money as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All of that's at play in this, in our sense of the mental health around money and that relationship, because it's a relationship. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So to that end, I'm curious then, how, how do you encourage others to move from beyond that. I mean, you have your book and so forth, but give us a sort of a ballpark idea about what that looks like when talking to others. Well, I think, I think one of the, the things that people need to, to do, what I do and encourage people, people have to, they have to believe that, that they, that they have a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. That they are not a mistake, that um, they have to believe in themselves. And, and they have to stop, you know, comparing um, themselves to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to stop measuring success um, just by the amount of money in the bank mm-hmm. or by having a college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the things that I encourage people from that point of view. I think people need to establish goals. Mm-hmm. And if you achieve those goals... You are successful, mm-hmm. and so that's that's what I try to tell people: to establish your goals. Mm-hmm. Take take take. If you have several goals, try to do one or two, get it done, move on to the next one, and you are you you've achieved something. Well, and it sounds like make sure these goals are actually obtainable as opposed yes. to yes yes unobtainable yes. So figuring is like oh yeah, I want to have a yacht in six weeks is not as obtainable as no. making sure I've gotten that's be realistic <laughs> that I've been able to have a nice dinner at this restaurant in six weeks yeah. worth of time. Yeah. Yeah. And 
to that end, I'm then wondering, what do you what have you encountered and experienced when dealing with parts of our diaspora and that sense of going for those pie in the sky dreams? What do you think has been helping fuel that need for that? Well, I mean, when you realize um, that you can uh, achieve anything you want, mm-hmm. um, and you, and you, I think it it motivates you to 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 pursue it, mm-hmm. and, and then when you see other people, um, especially people on your your race doing mm-hmm. so well, it propels you to do the same thing as as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and because the thing is, the, there are a lot of opportunities, mm-hmm. and the opportunities just need to be fulfilled. And you see all these opportunities, especially here in the Turks and Caicos, there are a lot of opportunities. And so, you see these opportunities, you need to go for it. And and I think that's that's what we need to drive drive ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities also be linked to um, to to your goal. So now there is a need. Now everybody now wants. To get a part of that 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 pie that's out there, this big pie, mm-hmm. you know, and people want to get that pie. And one thing I, I realized that people can easily be influenced. Mm-hmm. So you do something, and it looks good and it's working good, then other people want to do the same thing as well. And that's why it's mm-hmm. important whatever we do to do something in a positive way because you're influencing other people because there's mm-hmm. so much negativity going on. You have all these gangs and all these crimes and war, but if we could do something positive, it could eliminate a lot of the negativity that's taking place in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because a lot of people will be um, attracted to what you're doing and, and they want to do the same thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, 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 as you were talking about that, I think about the, I think it was last week, I had another of the Instagram um uh cryptocurrency people popping into one of my feeds and it's like okay yeah block delete yeah and you're standing there showing off this money you're showing off the the these pieces of jewelry and the car and it's like yeah but what did you actually have to do to get that and is part of what you can at least in this person is about influencing me to spend my money and you're whatever you take from that versus actually doing that work for yourself Mm-hmm. that's it that's it yeah. yeah although i think that's the most that's the more overt uh, influence i'm kind of curious then what do you think was the covert influence of what you grew up in and the messages around money in your family well i mean growing up um, of course most people um in my town in, in my country mm-hmm. most people didn't have any any money mm-hmm. they didn't have any money i mean of course i will say this though what, what they did do um is that they were entrepreneurs like my mom my mom made bread mm. my mom made made um she sold ice um mm-hmm. she did different things to to make money because she knew we needed money to survive mm-hmm. and so a lot of people were entrepreneurs but at that time they didn't know that was entrepreneurship Mm-hmm. That was years ago so money was very important then and money is very important now and so 
So that's the the kind of other thing I think that that took place. They 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 took it upon themselves and try because it's limited jobs. So what they did, they became their own business owners, took it upon themselves to make the money. And so because of that, many other children now and grandchildren are following the legacy of their parents by becoming entrepreneurship, becoming entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't tool that we have to do it. We saw what happened from our parents and grandparents, and then we started doing it, and then it passed on from generation to generation. So it's another form of uh, what we could say is in generational wealth, too. Not oh, yeah. just the physical wealth, but this sense and drive to move forward. Yes, and that becomes, and that came from what the relationship within your family was about money. Yes. Very much so. Okay, I think that's a great place for us to take a pause here. And uh, we'll come back for our second half here on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, here with Drexel Seymour, accountant, CPA, and businessman. So stay tuned, folks. We'll be back shortly. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Our lives and the world around us can get messy and frustrating. Untangle and Grow Counseling's focus is to untangle that mess and make sense of it so you have a good foundation to build and grow from. Visit us on the web at untangleandgrowcounseling.com. Perry Clark offers individual psychotherapy, couples and family therapy, and adolescence therapy from a variety of coping materials and resources. Visit untangleandgrowcounseling.com for more information. You have the power to be stronger, live fearlessly, and enjoy the benefits of a great life. Listen for Fearlessly Authentic with host Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody has proven at an age when many start to slow down that she is just getting started. With two grown daughters, a successful business that she started at 50, a finalist in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, and a two-time world bikini champion, she's ready to take you to the next level in your life. Fearlessly Authentic airs Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. If you have a question or comment about our podcast, send an email to pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. That's pclark at untyingknotspodcast.com. And now, back to the program. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. I'm Perry Clark, licensed marriage and family therapist, here with Drexel Simon, or some more, uh, a CPA and entrepreneur. And we've been talking about the aspects of money, our money literacy, our money relationship. And we touched briefly on the aspect of health. And what... And I'm sort of curious, because in our previous setup for this meeting, we did talk about some health concerns that you hit and you encountered, which then also affected this issue of 
How did you use your money with your literacy and what emotions were going on with your relationship with money? So let's talk a bit about that. Sure. Now, first of all, I believe is it's very important that um, everybody take their health seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we cannot, you know, take that for granted. So in one way we could do that is by getting, you know, um, regular checkups at least twice mm-hmm. a year. I encourage people to do that because you may find yourself in a position where your health is so bad that you can't even work anymore to make the money that you wanted to mm-hmm. have. Or, um, or you'll be limited in, 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 in what you do. Or you might be confined to a bed. So it's important. I mean, mm-hmm. for almost you know, six and a half years now, I have um, been on dialysis. Mm-hmm. And it has affected me in terms of um, many things, actually. Um, I don't travel much. I, mean, I love traveling. Um, but because I'll have to go get treatments wherever I go, mm-hmm. um, I don't travel. And then, of course, with my business, I have to meet clients. So when I'm on dialysis, I can't meet my clients. Uh, but I do work while I'm on dialysis. Mm-hmm. I take my laptop with me. Mm-hmm. And... The very first year, it was it was rough on me, and I was learning to define who I am. But now I I reach a point where I'm not letting my health situation um, define me. I'm mm-hmm. still doing things the same way I did prior to dialysis. Now I I am I am I'm okay now, but it, it can be very hard um, with having a health issue. Trying to manage and then even trying to manage your mind because I I became depressed when I was first to have to go on dialysis. I was embarrassed. It, it bothered me. I stopped thinking the worst. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. Now I'm talking to people about it. I'm talking to people. I'm open about it now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe it was a way to slow me down because I was really, really moving fast. Mm-hmm. And, and so now I'm, I'm okay about it. But I just want to encourage people. You could avoid certain health issues if, depending on your diet. Obviously, you need to make sure you exercise, you need to make sure you rest. And so mm-hmm. that's very, very critical for survival, for good survival in your life. Right. And as you talked about the fact that you found yourself depressed and when it became realized you had to go on dialysis, I'm kind of curious then, how did you, how did your interaction with money in that period uh show up because this is again that interplay between where we're thinking about ourselves and how we're using money yeah that, that was a that, well yes i was impressed but um it affected me because i have my own my my own business mm-hmm. and and so i realized that i couldn't do the things i could have done before because i wasn't physically able to do it because i had to spend four hours three times a week at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And now it didn't affect me financially because what I did, I, I made sure, you know, recruit people for my, my company mm-hmm. who, could, mm-hmm. who could do the job. Um, so in the event um, I have to go away or I cannot go to work, um, mm-hmm. the job continue and I can still have um, that, that money. Now, of course, some people are not in the same position I'm in. Mm-hmm. They are employees. And so they are affected because um, some employees, employers are not giving them 
all that time off to do dialysis. Right. But for me, I'm, mm-hmm. because I'm a I'm self-employed, I it didn't affect me that much. But I know of people that it did affect people with their money because it reduced the income. They 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 had to stay home. Some had to spend more time at home. They were so tired after dialysis. They can they can go to work, and so it did affect some people. But it didn't affect me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is another example of dealing with a, a different aspect of generational wealth is for how quickly things like our health situations can remove the wealth that we were building for our families. Oh yeah, oh yeah, in a in an instant. <laughs> so preparing preparing a basically a health plan for illness is something that probably should be things we should be considering. Let alone the idea that. And I know something that's sort of lingering with my own immediate family is whether or not a piece of property is going to have to be sold to be continue to provide the living and health expenses for another family member, which, again, we know property can be part of this generational wealth and helping pull uh, us out of the idea of poverty. But at that point, if by not preparing for these potential aspects of growing older, dealing yeah. with our health, we're still undoing or doing that goal of of the wealth gap by not being prepared for these things. That is that is true. Um, um, it's, it's a big issue. It's a big concern. So what I would even tell people, especially in terms of your property, um, if you have a big piece of um, land, what I really recommend to people is to, is to mutate it, make mm-hmm. it into smaller parts, and, and if you need the cash um, um, because of health issues or whatever issue you have, just sell a portion. Don't 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 sell the entire property. Mutate it, sell part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to help with your health issues. Well, what about doing, doing things like trusts and such, so that it doesn't necessarily get tied into your health uh, uh, estate and so forth? Because I know that's one. Yes, no, that's an odd option that you can put in trust. Yes, you can. Yeah, because that's one of the things. Times, yeah. There might be times when you really need the money, and so you have mm-hmm. no choice but to sell a portion, mm-hmm. especially if you're not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know, uh, as I said, the sort of family issue looking at me myself, you're with uh, another family member, is the possibility is that we still might have, even if we don't get things resolved, the health insurance, um, this will come after the estate after they've passed, and we may still lose the land no matter what mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to have those type of things. And that, I think, is one of the areas mm-hmm. you cover in your book. Yes. Mm-hmm. And tell me a little more about the book and what people can expect to find as they go through it. Obviously, now this discussion about estate planning and such. Yeah. So, by the way, I have two books now. So mm-hmm. I mean, so my first book is Rise Up and 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 Take Your Position. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a motivational book to encourage people to to basically get up from where they mm-hmm. are, so they can get to where they're supposed to be. And so in the book, I have different um, um, areas um, that will help them to consider and to encourage them to rise up. And I know a lot of times, you know, people may encounter obstacles 
like failures, whether it's in a whether you have a failed relationship, whether you have a failed business or a failed career. And some people might get so caught up in that failure and not even using it as an opportunity. So all that mm-hmm. is in the book. You know, look at failures mm-hmm. as opportunities. And we mm-hmm. also, you know, another obstacle is the fear. We are so afraid. You know, we're, we're just afraid. We're, we are happy or comfortable with what we're doing now because we know what we have, but we don't know what we will have. And mm-hmm. so we're to take that leap of faith. And this book is to tell you not to be afraid. Um, fear is one of the greatest obstacles. And this book is to, to encourage you to get over the fear so that you um, can have the faith to get to your, your destination. And then I made my second book. It's a sequel to this book. It's called Succeeding Your Position. Basically, mm-hmm. once you now corner to the position that, you, that you're supposed to be in, you now need to succeed. And so the book, so the second book has 10 steps on how you, how you can succeed in your position. Of course, there are many, many steps. There are hundreds. But I mm-hmm. chose the top 10 on, on how, you know, some of those is working hard. Some of them is being honest. Those are some of the steps. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. try to, because too many people are getting into positions and they're not successful because they're not applying some basic, basic principles. And that, that's what those two books are about. Well, also one of the big ones that I hear from the therapy side is this, is also being conscious about what and how you're using money to identify yourself. Mm-hmm. And that it is going to be a part of the equation, shall we say, or part of the segments of who you are, but it doesn't need to be all of who you are. No, it doesn't have to. And it's not, and it, and it's not all of who you are. Mm-hmm. All I the do other have ladies. a section on money in the book. I do have a section on money in the second book. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I think that's a great place for a segue into our other aspect here of the, uh, and since we're talking about health and you've talked, you've been so candid about your struggle with Alice, I'm kind of curious about what do you, especially with your exposure to what life is like in the Caribbean region, as opposed to some of the other regions of the world, what do you think are some of the myths and realities around mental health as part of the diaspora and speaking to life in the Caribbean region? Yeah. I, you know, we really need to, I know May is the month of mental health awareness mm-hmm. and we focus a lot on in May to mm-hmm. educate the public, but we really need to educate the public about mental health. I believe that everybody has an issue. Um, and, but, we think of mental health in such a such a negative way mm-hmm. that it that it, it drives a point where individuals are afraid to even seek help because mm-hmm. they don't want to be labeled as being you know crazy or mm-hmm. or abnormal. I mean, mm-hmm. there are issues. I mean, that are mental. I mean, being depressed can be a mental issue. I'm worrying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a mental issue. Uh, you know what I mean? Just thinking and about, you know, is me- these are mental issues that we all encounter. Of course, the different, you know, extremes of mental, mental illness and mental issues. Mm-hmm. But we are too negative about it. And, 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 and it can happen to any one of us. I've, mm-hmm. seen, I've seen people who are very rich, mental issues, who are very poor, 
it's not just any, it doesn't discriminate. And that is something we need to appreciate people and realize too that some people cannot help the way they are. And, 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 but they can help, they could get help, professional mm-hmm. help. But some people can wake up one day and say, I, 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 I am the way I am. You know what I mean? Some people, some people have a lot of different issues that they went through in life. Some people inherit some things in life. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of myths about mental and I think it's important for us to continue to educate the public about it and realize it could happen to any one of us in, that, in, our, in our family and that every one of us have, have an issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Just because you have money does not mean you can't also have bad mental health. Yeah. It just means you may have access to different resources, but does not mean yeah. mental health will not strike you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And do you see, do you, from your exposure, do you see the relationship with mental health changing from where it was with our parents or grandparents and our great grandparents? Oh, it's changing a lot. It's changing a lot. I mean, our great grandparents, you know, back then they called everybody crazy. Um, mm. Nobody was getting help. They just write you off. But now, mm. now we have therapists. We have departments of we have the Department of Mental um, Substance and um, Department of Mental Health. Sorry, they're now established. Mm. Um, uh, we have private um, facilities, so now people have access. To, to therapy, you know, mm-hmm. in our parents and grandparents' time, it wasn't that way, it wasn't available. And so there's a lot of progress. You know, people are studying, a lot of people going away to school, um, studying um, um, psychology and, and, and physiotherapy, whatever, not physiotherapy, mm-hmm. you know, psychotherapy. Um, and they are understanding more, they're coming back and, and, and training in people so they can be better can be more productive mm. in, in society. Mm. So it's much better. Mm. And equally, it does not mean you cannot also have your relationship with God. That, right, right. I mean, I have a relationship with God and I have dialysis. Mm-hmm. So, you know. You, you have a relationship with God and you have failure. a relationship with your therapist. Yeah, I, I, am, I have kidney failure and I have a relationship with God. So I have a relationship with God and still have mental issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not crazy. No, no. Yeah. So I will definitely want people to think about that and realize it again, can only lead, can't lead a, can lead a horse to water, but you can't get them to drink. So let's hope that after our discussion, people will be more open to drink from the idea, not just of mental health, but also what their relationship with the money is. And definitely Look at your book and look at the other books and materials out there about financial literacy. Yes. So, Drexel, I, Drexel, I want to thank you for coming on and being part of our show. And uh, where can people find you if they want to definitely read these books and for this motivation? Sure. So my books are on Amazon. Uh, the two books are there. And, of course, I have my own website, um, www.drexelseymour.com. And I also have a YouTube um, just Drexel Seymour, and you can find me there. All right. And I'll have those notes in the uh, podcast in the section as well. So thank you again for taking this time and uh, be well out there. Thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Likewise. And you be well with the two folks and 
You know, be aware of what your money literacy is and make sure also look at what your relationship is with money, whether it is tripping with you through the fields or is it hitting you with a whip? Which because we don't want the whip. We just really don't. So till next time, you're on Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered on the Voice America Network. Be well. Thank you for tuning in for Untying Knots, Minds and Souls Untethered. Be sure to join your host, Perry Clark, for another episode on the podcast coming soon on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 